It's time now for Stand and Deliver, an expose into the human spirit, exploring the stories in your community. Oh, namaste, my friends. Monday's upon us. What a day. 30 degrees in the sun, and we are doing our, uh, our May Long Weekend special. And it's the hottest radio station in Nelson, literally. It is literally, like, I think the guy at Thor's that was in here, I now I know what he goes through. This is hot. Yeah, it's hotter than pizza. The reason is sure. he can't have an air conditioner um, in these studios because it just goes right into the microphone. So most radio stations are notoriously hot. Yeah, we would actually have a hum instead of dead air. Not to mention, I think we're in an old laundry mat, aren't we? So it's not exactly set up uh, studio style. No, yeah, not at all. And yes, it is. It's the Sing Chong Laundry, which is the... Uh, Sing Chong. Sing Chong Laundry. Uh, infinite uh, Possibilities? Infinite something. I can't remember. That, was their, that was, was their motto? Like infinite possibilities with doing your laundry? Yeah, something like that. Let's see why I closed. <laughs> didn't, didn't fare too well. It's Mike and Anthony. We've got our... Uh, we're we're going to do quite an interesting show tonight, actually. We've got something that... Um, I think this could be of a lot of help to a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, kids, but before we do that, you want to introduce our sponsors for the show? Yeah, you betcha. We are brought to you by a couple of our, uh, our great businesses here in town, one of which is the Mountain Waters Retreats. Learn, grow, and reconnect with yourself in a place where you're held in nature's embrace. What can help you feel truly alive? Find out online at themountainwatersretreats.ca. They've got their summer programs going on, and uh, I know Richard's actually working in the kitchen there this week. So go up, uh, see some of the... They've got different yoga events and everything going on this summer as well. And... The legendary Axe Man, the Axe Barbershop, 566 Baker Street. They are Nelson's premier men's hair shop, and they've got uh, all different types of beer products, greases, oils. Yeah, for the guys everything. out there who are a little bit hairier than Mike and I. For guys that aren't <laughs> me and Anthony that have hair, That's right. welcome to go see Clay. I, I go hang out there all the time, so it's not like, you know. Yeah, but you like dogs, right? Yeah, days past. You know, uh, <laughs> and he's open, he's open Monday to Saturday, 10 to 6. Um, yeah, go talk to Clay. So tonight we're going to uh, we're going to delve into a world that I know nothing about. Parenting and kids. Yeah, and we've got a lady with us tonight, Judy of uh, of Mountain Baby, who's arguably one of the more knowledgeable people with uh, with children. It sounds like uh, she's got uh, almost as much experience with kids as I have with life. So right. I'd okay. say that's a fair bit. I don't know. You're not all that well skilled. Maybe that's not a real <laughs> screaming reference. I, I'm, t- I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm talking, about, talking about years you've been alive. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah years of I don't. Not life. actual life skills, though. No, no. Okay, well, stick around. We're back with Judy. And we're going to hear all about uh, parenting. What it's like to own a business in town. This is a business that's been around here for quite some some time. We want to talk about what that's like in the Kootenays. And uh, if you have you have children, if you've got some stuff you want to hear about, this will probably be the next hour for you. Mm-hmm. And I will uh, try not to let my bleeding ignorance about how to raise children be too obvious. We'll, uh, we'll grab you a pen and paper. Yeah, yeah. One, one day I might need it. And we're going to start tonight. We're going to start with Paul Simon. This is St. Judy's Comet. And we are back with Judy from Mountain Baby next. Sleepy boy, do you know what time it is? Well, the hour of your bedtime's long been past. And though I know you find me, I can tell when you rub your eyes, you're fading fast. Oh, fading fast. Won't you run cold, see saying to this comet, roll across the skies. And leave a spray of diamonds in its way. Long to see same to these comets sparkle in your eyes when you awake Oh, when you wake awake Little boy, won't you lay your body down Little boy, won't you close your weary eyes Ain't nothing flashing but the Sang it once and sang it twice I'm gonna sing it three times more Gonna stay till your resistance is overcome Cause if I can't sing my boy to sleep Well, it makes your famous daddy look so dumb It looks so rude Won't you run, come see, saying Judy's coming Roll across the sky Leave a spray of diamonds in its wake. I long to see St. Judy's comet sparkle in your eyes when you awake. Or when you wake awake. 
Georges from Vancouver, BC, and you're listening to the Kootenai Cooperative Radio at 93.5 FM, CJLY in Nelson, Canada. Okay, welcome back. Monday night's upon us. We gather under a sunny sky. Did you get out to the beach today? Yeah, I was working on my tan. You can like, you tell? Yeah, I can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you need a little help. Yeah, I was out there working on it. It was tough. I got soaked in sunblock, though, by... Uh, by my better half, so I didn't get much of a tan. What's sunblock, Mike? I don't know. I got sprayed down, though, so I didn't, didn't get much of a tan. <laughs> and at my size and hairless uh, quality, I need a tan. Yeah. Tonight, we've got Judy with us um, of Mountain Baby. I know there's a lot more to this story than, than the store, but it's um, be a good reference for people who are wondering who we're, who we're speaking with. And we're going to talk tonight about um, basically all the different facets of parenting, what it's like uh, raising kids in this area, and somebody that's got... I'd say it's fair to say a tremendous amount of experience working with young families and parents and kids. There's a lot to this. It uh, it sounds to me like I'd be way in over my head having children. So first, uh, Judy, welcome. Thank you. Um, get a bit of your background. I was just off air there, you kind of threw a surprise one at me when I asked you where you're from. So let's start with that. Um, what okay. Where are you from originally and what brought you here? It's a long story. Okay, let's get the condensed <laughs> the water down. The condensed, story, yeah. the condensed story is I grew up in the Bronx. In New York, in New York yeah. City, yeah, yeah. And what was that like? It was actually wonderful. I grew up. The um, no, no, no. It's like in the non-movie part okay. of the Bronx. <laughs> so just a normal place. No, it no. wasn't. No, I grew up. <laughs> I grew up in one of the first housing co-ops in North America. Wow. Yeah. So it was a bit of a wild, wild time back then. It was yeah. very innovative and very new, and yep. it was intense. It was political. It was um, kind of a wonder. It was a real community, and there were. Um, I guess, 14, 16 apartment buildings that were part of it. Wow. And uh, so I had a really early experience of what it is to live, to live in community, even though I grew up in New York. So right. I think that's so you, had a big impact on me in my life, which is why I'm really happy in a small town. And so it's obviously transcended into what you do here. Yeah, in its own way, yeah. And now you live in a town that's really intense and political. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And I'm comfortable. You can't meet <laughs> two people here that agree on the same thing politically. No, no, I mean, I love it. I'm yeah. very outspoken and yeah and you've also had a a, quite a successful run um 23 years in business here in town Mm -hmm. so what what brought you to nelson like what new york to nelson seems like a bit of an interesting it was a little more roundabout than that it was new york briefly ohio new york california berkeley and then i was uh, cross-country skiing and met a man and oh no i went hiking in in bc i was a big backpacker and i fell in love with british columbia and Mm -hmm. then i i'll try to make this really fast I was, good, a, yeah. <laughs> I was up at a cross-country ski resort, learning to really learn how to cross-country ski, and there was a man there from British Columbia who immediately was incredibly attractive to me just because he was from British Columbia. It's natural. It's natural, natural, thing, natural yeah. really. So long story short, I immigrated to Canada, um, and I can't even remember the whole story now, but eventually we decided to move to Nelson. Right, it just, yeah. and this was before Nelson was on everybody's radar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I lived in Prince George for nine years. I forgot that part. Ooh. <laughs> I love well, that. That's, that's a bit different. Yeah, northern <laughs> BC to southern BC is a bit of a difference, yeah, yeah. especially yeah, in the yeah. winter. So, yes. what um, what brought you into the, the the life choices you made as far as um, working with kids, being with you own a store that sells stuff, it's Mountain Baby up on Baker Street. Yeah, that's a niche market. That's got to be a very particular. It's interest. really niche. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, not everybody's just selling baby clothes or child stuff for kids. No, and, no. It, it's niche also because it's a it's an outdoor store that focuses on young children, which is. Yeah, it's like the North Face yeah. store for kids, yeah. which is, is yeah. rare. Yeah, it's, Nor- it's the North Face and the baby store and the toy store and the nursing oh. store and the everything store. <laughs> so what, what took you to that then? Like, what, what's the pull to that? Well, I'll go back a long time ago um, when I had quit college. 
my parents were really upset that I did that because they hadn't had an opportunity and I had the opportunity, blah, blah, blah. They weren't very happy. And my parents said, you need to work. And I said, I don't know where to work. And they said, well, you know, your friend Nancy's mother is the secretary at a preschool. They may have openings. I said, oh, I hate kids. Mm-hmm. I know that feeling. <laughs> anyway. I really I dislike children. I had very little contact with them. I didn't understand them. I thought they were kind of strange. And they're really loud. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I learned really quickly. And, and what happened in that environment was that I ended up working with these amazing women who kind of took me under their wing and kept saying, you know, this is the most important thing in the world, what you're doing, like working with young children. Like this is what, Developing this is the young way, minds. young yeah. minds and young souls, young yeah. everything. Like this is the way the world's going to go based on what happens with these little kids. And it really took. Right. And then I went back to school and I got the, the uh, you know, education yep. I needed. And then I eventually moved to uh, California and got more immersed in it, ended up getting my master's degree and teaching the whole time. And the whole time, everything I did, I was always working with parents. So it, it was a whole part of, it's just an intimate part of my life. And then um, when I moved to Canada, I got hired by Vancouver Community College to run their demonstration daycare. And after a year, I got um, recruited by College of New Caledonia Prince George to start their early childhood education program. And I was there for nine years, and that's where my kids were born. And so this is a whole other story. You've been immersed in this. Then this isn't just something you naturally. Wait. This is you, this is your life. It is. It is. So I mean, it's actually, my passion, okay, as they so say. Yeah. There's a lot to what you can um, yeah. back up to what you're saying. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. I'm good. We're in good company. It, then. It, it's not opinion, which <laughs> yeah, is what yeah, you mostly you. hear from people, <laughs> especially me. Right? I have an opinion on everything. Oh, good. But well, I we can't can talk about that. Except this. This is the one thing I'm not going to debate. Because I know I'm in over my head, but I'm, yeah. what I'm interested in is the, the knowledge then and the, the yeah, background yeah. that you bring to this, because there's a lot of people that could benefit from this. Yeah, and I'm going to just add something to that, the opinion thing. Yeah. I, I, am very, I have very, very strong views, yeah. and not everybody agrees with me. Well, that's the greatest yeah. part about the world. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? The, the best thing about two people is if they can disagree, but not let emotion get into it. Mm-hmm. It's, good it's, luck. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, good luck. I know. I think, yeah. that's, I think that's easier done in person than it is online. Yeah, yeah. On Facebook, it tends to get uh, it yeah. tends to get a little quick. No, I, I think the biggest interest I have in this is, is that everybody can have sort of a in, be in an area and have done a bit and know a bit, but to have the actual educational background and the years of this, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of value in this mm-hmm. because a lot of people, as young parents, it's got to be you got to be completely lost. I mean, one minute you're you know living together. A, a, Got, you know, with your partner, all of a sudden there's a little human in the equation, and I and I've seen time and time again that that takes a big toll on relationships, and it takes a big toll on everything. It's completely unexpected. It, would be yeah. like how do you prepare to have your whole you life? You can't, right? You can't, and and you really can't prepare here in this culture because nobody grows up with little kids around them, and you know it's it's so new, it's so completely new. And how do you mean, like in this cult, like in other cultures? You mean that the families yeah. live together in generations? Families live together right. in generations, and everybody shared the parenting. And maybe you. it wasn't the best parenting in the world, but you know, if you said, "I'm tired, I need to go to sleep," there was somebody there. Right. Whereas your here, you're a lot more of a solo operating. You're unit. a really solo operating right. unit, and and you know, for both for the parents, for all their emotional needs to be met by each other. It's pretty intense. And then you add the and child. And then you add yeah. the child, and it's like, whoa. And that's probably what would be fair to guess would be what leads to a lot of the breakups in young parents is that mm-hmm. um, everything's about the child or the children, and there's just no connection and it, to and each it, other. In some ways, it has to be. I mean, <clears throat> you, have you to, do yeah, your best, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, I mean, you, 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 I was following the story here. You mm-hmm. said you were in Prince George. Yes. And from there, you actually came to Nelson, right? No. No, I went to. You weren't following the story. <laughs> I went to Vancouver for five years. Okay, and yeah. then and then to Nelson, and then to Nelson. in 1990. Yeah. Okay, so you had all this um, uh, education and experience under your belt before you even started doing yes. anything in town, business-wise, with Mountain Baby. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so uh, you're at a place now uh, where, uh, after 23 years of doing retail business, mm-hmm. um, you've got a heck of a lot more school of hard knocks uh, information about how kids uh, deal with their parents and yes. their kids. Uh, I mean, I follow the stuff that you put out on Facebook and mm-hmm. your your website, your blog. It's quite interesting. And um, one of the things that uh, that I see you talk a lot about is uh, how parents um, uh, are always uh, put up against themselves with information, conflicting mm-hmm. information, mm-hmm. things that they find online. Um, oh, the old Google! I read that uh, that post you put about the Google parenting. Mm-hmm. How it can one person can get one piece of information, and then in the next room, the other one, and now they're at. They're in combat over it because they both have two opposite. Okay, let's start there. That's yeah. a good. Okay. That's a good kickoff place okay. because the modern age, like growing up, we didn't have Google. No, you know, my mom raised four kids single, mm-hmm. and so you just went for it. And what mom said went, and whether it worked or not, that was the deal. There was no, 
ability to, you know, I remember parenting classes at the local community center was where parents would go if they wanted to mm-hmm. learn. There was no access to online information. So mm-hmm. as somebody that's worked with families and kids, let's, let's start there. What does that um, dynamic look like now compared to what it was when you started out in this industry? The dynamic looks like, just to sum it up, I've never, ever seen such insecure parents in my life. So it's breeding insecurity. It's breeding terrible insecurity and lack of confidence. And because they just resort online the second they have any kind of an issue. Yeah, and then somebody, they just tell their friend what they saw, and they say, well, you know, that's not right. I read this. Oh, no. So there's, there's yeah. parents who can't agree with each other, and they read, it's not even two opinions or three or four or five or six. It's like endless opinions by people who say they're experts, but they're not necessarily. So essentially, I could start a blog saying, Dr. Mike's parenting tips. Yeah. Okay, kids yeah. out of line, spanking. Right. Or uh, hot sauce on the mouth, right? That's the school of the 80s where I went. <laughs> so that's not going to be okay now. <laughs> no, it's so not. So okay. Dr. Mike's blog, right? I, in my opinion. Actually, I don't think it was okay then. I oh, no, it wasn't okay then. Either, went no, then no, right? no. It wasn't even spanking, so it was just fear of them. So but, just for your information. Yeah. There's actually been a whole lot of informa- a whole lot of research on the effect of spanking, and it doesn't really work. But see, it's it's interesting you say that because you go to some sites and there's people that advocate. This is a great right. great point of what you're saying. Is one site will say, "Oh, that used to breed, you know, not fear, but like kids were more honorable then, not because they they knew that and they get away with they, too much. They knew their place. But it's two completely opposite opinions on the exact same thing. So how do you how do you d- cipher out what the truth is? <laughs> like. This, this is why we got you here. How would yeah, somebody figure out where to very, go? Well, the, I mean, what I always say to people, and there's, oh, there's so many things to think about, but what I always say to people always on almost every blog I write is listen to your baby or child and listen to your heart. Like what really feels right to you, not what your neighbor says, not what I say, not what any book says. Like what feels right. Like nobody knows your child better than you do, and you just have to trust your own right. knowledge and your own perception. Like human beings really, were parents long before the internet and like yes. our species has obviously continued to evolve and this is only in the last 20 years that this uh, kind of information yeah, yeah or more, more than that i mean it's just that now the i mean there's been parenting research for a really long time too but what's i mean the availability of opinion so the availability of opinion is yeah, what's yeah. really new it's it's new and it's overwhelming and, it's and so much of it is really bad you know it's like bad research it's information that is not true People make things up, and then somebody reads it on a blog, and they put it on their blog, and they read it like, as if it's true. And as if it's looks true, and that's how people right. think it's true because oh, I saw it on like twenty different twenty different websites. Doctor Mike's the same parenting thing. blog says it, so that's it must right. be true. Okay, right. well, is there right. some main ones that we could talk about that you've seen that are real issues that you might be able to shed some light on? Some so, misinformation. Well, you mentioned just a second ago about spanking. Your do, so, do you have a lot of so spanking's out? Well, or yeah. It, it, yeah it, Explain more about that. I mean, it's, it, it's out, open. I mean, it's 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 hopefully out. And I'm going to say you start, you, know, two, you know two different opinions: spank or don't spank. What you've touched on is actually really a, a big divide in the child development world. Okay, so this is an actual debate that's still not going not on. about spanking so much, but also there's like since about probably since the Renaissance. There's like the been French Renaissance, the yeah. world, you know, the, the European yeah, yeah. Renaissance. There's 16, been two, yeah, yeah. There's been two major ways of viewing children. One is you, you, you see them as manipulative, controlling, essentially nasty, evil beings, self-centered, <laughs> little, devils, yeah. little devils, you know, who need taming and putting down and put in their place and make them feel bad about who they are because that's how you make them, you know, turn out the way you want to be tough little soldiers or whatever right. you're aiming for, right? There's that. And then there's the other side, which is children come into the world totally innocent, you know, just ready to, to love and be loved and to learn and to, to grow to be humane compassionate, participating human beings. Right. Which is, if I had to guess, the latter of those two is probably more accurate, like in in reality. I think in reality it is. I mean, when, you know, the way babies come into the world, like like as soon as you have a a baby, as soon as it's born, it like latches onto your eyes. It's one of the most powerful moments in your life is to look eye to eye with a baby. And they have all these behaviors they do that kind of bring you to them and make them have them be attached to you. And attachment's a very big thing right now. And what happens very quickly is as soon as they get past the newborn stage, even earlier, they just all this love just radiates from their eyes. They just look at their mom and their dad like, oh, my God, these people are the best people in the world, and I love them. And that love, if you see the child as a loving being, then that will grow and grow and grow. So the idea that they're deliberately nasty and underhanded is just ridiculous. There's the, that the fact that they would be doing that on purpose when they don't even know what the Absolutely. world is. Absolutely. They don't even know where their hands are for right. that sense. Or what they're for. Really? Yeah. 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 You know, so it's like... 
there's all these, these books out there say your child's manipulating, don't respond, let them self-soothe, which is something I can get, really go off like on. go cry in a corner until you're better kind of thing? Yeah, or go cry in your crib or just, you know, just toughen up. Right. Toughen up. So there's, and parents are very conflicted because they hear both views and they don't know what to do. And they're trying to be, you know, some, I mean, I see it a lot where parents are, are really being really loving and responsive. They have these beautiful, happy babies. And somebody in their family is saying, you're spoiling that baby. Don't do that. You're going to turn out a monster, blah, 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 blah. Toughen them up. Toughen yeah. them up. And then they get, the parent gets very confused and their natural intuitive response, they feel guilty about it right. and they, you know, it just undermines them. So it's, so, well, it's funny because you said the word self-soothe and immediately I thought, oh, yeah, that must be – I've heard that word, so that's got to be a legitimate practice. But even in saying that, that's one of these misconceptions that that's not actually a beneficial – even no. though it's a coined phrase. It's a really coined phrase. It's right. big now. And, you know, I have, I can't tell you how many people come into the store and they say, oh, I'm really having a hard time. You know, my baby's really upset. And I try to let them self-soothe and I just, they just can't do it. And right away your alarm goes off and go, here's the problem. Here's the problem because but, we don't self-soothe very well. I don't. No. No, I do terrible at I mean, you know, <laughs> what we do is we self-soothe with, with alcohol, with drugs, with TV, with, you know, all the things when what we really, really need when we're upset is human contact. Right. You know, if, if, if we were taught from very young that when you are upset and in need, turn to somebody who cares about you and loves you, as opposed to going in your room and just, you know, crying it out by yourself or toughing yourself up or taking it out on some other kid in the schoolyard or whatever. Um, yeah, no, I totally have got a question so in the corner here. when you encounter somebody who's um, got that sort of uh, mindset that self-soothing is the way to go, mm-hmm. um, how, do you, how do you approach that? How do you actually talk to somebody and let them know that that's maybe not the best thing they should be doing for the kid? I mean, I usually, you know, if somebody's really, really set in it, um, it which... They don't want to hear it otherwise. <laughs> I think if they bring it up to me, it's because they're not really set on it. Okay. Okay. I think they're just not on the street handing out free advice. They've come to you. Yeah. 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 I think you. I think there's something inside them feels it feels wrong because it doesn't feel good to let their child cry. If they're totally with it and think it's a great thing, they're fine with it. You know. But when people talk to me, it's usually because something's wavering inside, like it doesn't feel right. And what then are, I just say, here's another perspective. Let's let's look at this. Let's look at, look at what their capacity is. Like when you're, you know, let's say you're hungry. You can go to the fridge. You can do, you know, there's all kinds of things that we can do as adults to take care of ourselves. Some are good, some are bad. And children just, they just don't have the capacity. And it's, it's a new trend. The self soothing thing is a new trend. So would it be fair, though, to say, like, as a parent, your, your natural pull would not be, like, it, it should be setting off on a, some sort of an internal mechanism, like a biological mechanism, mm-hmm. that it's wrong to let your kid go to the room and cry? Like, would you think that most parents would say, this is something in them is saying, this isn't right? Yeah, yeah, I think it is, and then that gets into a whole other level of how the parent themselves right. was parented, okay. how they feel about themselves, how they handle their own feelings. Right. You know, it's it's not a there might be easy, something else easy. in there. I got you. Yeah, yeah, it's complicated. This has got to be so. There's got to be so many subcategories to trying to deal with any simple yeah. issue. All the other stuff, the other factors that yeah, have yeah, to yeah. be considered. Yeah, I mean, there's another thing that I just want to mention that as kids get older, like they become toddlers, like they develop, like things happen developmentally that are very challenging for parents, and like talking back. Like talking back is a little yeah. bit older, but what toddlers will do is they'll they'll just scream. They just <laughs> like, let out. Just, it's like I see you know for years I've seen people come in when they're pregnant and then they have their babies and it's all beautiful and they're in the store and then they're ready to leave and then the baby turns into a toddler and they discover the toys in the store and right. then the parents say the okay toy let's store go. Meltdown. Yep. And the scream happens and the parents go. Oh no! What's happened to my kid? Like it's developmental, right? You monster! It has <laughs> yes, to happen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the natural. part. It's natural. It's how they kind of separate a little bit. They get their own point of view. They get their own feelings. Their own, their so own is the self. trick in a situation like that not to give them the toy that they like? You have to. What that? You know yeah. what I mean? It sounds to me like if common sense. Go oh, okay, okay. Don't scream. Here's the toy. Then they know they can get it every time. Yeah, doing that's, that that's doesn't right, help so, with it. I mean, got you. You, you got to work through it. You just have you to work through it. it. And yep. you just the, the big thing is always that when a child's upset, you even if they aren't that, that verbal. You give them the verbal thing. I see you're really upset. I see you really want this. I know the toy. I know this is hard for you. It's hard to leave. And you just keep up the, you just keep up the talk chatter. Them, talk them off the ledge. Talk them, talk them off the ledge. And you pick right. them up and you hold them and you t- walk out the door with them. But you, you don't know. give them what the scream is wanting because then that's going to justify the behavior every time they want something. Yeah. Although sometimes you just can't get out the door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes you take the toy. <laughs> take the toy. I can't handle this anymore. With this. You know, and then don't feel badly yeah. about it. You yeah. know, it's, we all, it's, we all it's, do It sounds things. like you got a pretty good grasp on this already, Mike. I'm, like you said, you didn't have any concept. No, I'm, I'm a curious guy, and I have I have uh, a nephew and a niece, and yeah, so yeah, I have yeah. I've 
I've observed this stuff. I hadn't been around children up until a few years ago until uh-huh. uh, family members started yeah. having kids. And so I had your initial response was like, this thing's loud. It's crying like just, whoa, you're trouble. But once you get to know them, they're these wonderful little they're humans. Wonderful. They're but wonderful. But you do see the behaviors and it's not that they're manipulative. Absolutely. It's that they're, they're not developed enough to know they're manipulative. They're no. developing enough to know that if I make this noise, I get that. Yeah. Or they're... And then the other side of that is that sometimes they're just really, really upset and really out of control. Yeah. And generally, generally speaking, if a child's old enough to know that they're doing what you don't want them to do, when they misbehave, it's generally because they don't feel well. I don't mean physically. They're emotionally upset. Something's off balance. Something's yep. off balance. Because the, the, when you think about it, the last thing a child wants to do is alienate their parents. Yeah, I never thought of it that right? way. They don't want to be the. They don't want to no. cause them the problems. No, right? but but their emotions are so powerful, and their their capacity to control their emotions is so minimal. Right. Yeah, that, that's a, that's important. Children that's don't just impo- say, "I'm upset. I need a minute, mom." At no, three, they they're don't. Just like, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. And then you know what happens though? Like if you use that that language of emotions with them frequently enough, that you can when they're really losing, you can say, "Okay, this is what's going on with you. I see you're really upset about that." And then then they can go. <laughs> Yes, I'm really upset. That right, made right. Even Talk sad. to them like adults almost yeah, in, you in can adult language. Give them, right. Just give them the words, to you know, an acknowledgement of what they're experiencing. And so few hmm. of us got that. I mean, I don't I know. Didn't, I didn't. Not, it wasn't I, for anyone doing anything wrong. Yeah, I got the wooden spoon a lot. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. Or the thread of the, uh, thread of the straps. That was always the... The, the old ones. Italian belt. Yeah. yeah but, yeah. you know, being yeah. the youngest of five, I think uh, my mom was a little tired. She kind of gave up, so I kind of no got away patience. with things. Yeah. 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 She was a little softer with me than yeah. she might have been with yeah. older siblings. And, and the thing is that parents always do their best. Like, they, they really want to do yeah, their best. Yeah, nobody wants to fail. Nobody wants to like fail. It's not like they're trying to be no, bad parents no. at all. And, I, and it's what they've learned and what they've seen. And, what, you know, and there's cultural differences, and people parent through their culture yeah. and what they've seen. And it's really hard. I think it's absolutely the hardest thing to do in the world. Is being a parent. Yes. Okay, we're going to talk more about that. The time is cruising. We're going to get okay. to our middle song here. Um, and this one had some meaning for you. You're going to explain this to us. We're going to play a tune, and we're going to come back with more Judy and, and about. Uh, this is fascinating. This is just, we can sit here for hours doing this. Why don't you tell us why you picked this Stone song? Okay, <laughs> it's just, I, I, really, I really like the Rolling Stones. I have to say, when my son was little, he was a really kind of fussy baby, and the only thing that would calm him down was either Glenn Miller, if you know Glenn Miller, a big band, and the Rolling Stones. Oh, it's a good taste. <laughs> great taste. <laughs> anyway, so I have a sort of affection for the stones. This is a song, actually. It's called Coming Down Again. Oh, oh is that the one? No, he, no, Anthony did you wrong. Uh, he gave you this is one. Mother's Little Helper. Oh, Mother's Little Helper. Okay, right. I thought we changed it. Nope. Okay, oh, yeah. Mother's Little Helper. So this song was actually about... Um, should I Helping say? mother. Yeah, yeah. Was, no, you don't have to. We'll keep it in code. <laughs> it's about what helps moms get through a tough time. Yeah, helps, yeah. yeah. It's called Mother's Little Helper. It was the helper, 70s, right? right? Everybody yeah, was, everybody. Everybody's getting Mother's Little Helper. Right, okay, right, we'll right. be back with Judy. We're going to do a little bit of Rolling Stones. Oh 
Standard Deliver Radio is sponsored by the Mountain Waters Retreat Center, located in Nelson, B.C. Learn, grow, and reconnect with yourself in a place where you're held in nature's embrace. What can help you feel fully alive? Find out online at mountainwatersretreats.ca. Standard Deliver is broadcast from the sunny shores of Kootenai Lake on Kootenai Co-op Radio, CJLY 93.5 FM. Find us online at kootenaicooperadio.com. Become a member for only $60 a year and help keep the spirit of community radio alive. Come check out the Ox Barbershop's new location at 566 Baker Street. Enjoy their comfortable new setup while getting a beard trim, haircut, or a hot shave. Specializing in the zero fade, these guys have you covered. The Ox Barbershop, Nelson's premier men's barbershop. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying so far. This is really fun for me, and I uh, hope you guys are having fun too. You are listening to Kootenai Co-op Radio, 93.5 in Nelson, B.C., and on the web at KootenaiCoopRadio.com. Keep listening. Welcome back, and we are on Facebook as well, Stand and Deliver Radio. You can reach out to us on there. We also post all of our previous shows and guest bios. Uh, through KootenyCoopRadio.com, we have a page on there, and you can download any audio from uh, basically since Halloween. Yeah, there's a whole catalog of shows you can go back and listen. Nothing, nothing was embarrassing enough that we've had to erase it, so so uh, far they're all on there. It's all uh, live to tape. We've come close. Yeah, but, uh, you know, close, <laughs> close doesn't count. There's some days we feel like that, Ooh, but boy, yeah, this okay. isn't one of them, though. No? Tough customers. No, we've got Judy with us tonight from. Um, well, originally my, my knowledge was, well, Judy owns a mountain baby store, but what it turns out is she's actually got an incredible amount of experience in education working with young families and kids. And so we're here learning all about everything that I don't know. Kids. Yeah. And, and, and just stuff that seems so simple, but if, if you don't hear these things, um, how are you going to know this stuff? And then something that we were also addressing before the, the break there was misinformation and the problems that are created by internet parenting. Mm-hmm. What do you do... Um, like, do you work with people outside of the store, or do you mostly interact with families that come in to, or do you do, like, own courses and stuff? I, I'm doing more of that now. You are? Okay. Yeah. And so yeah. do you have to address this? I'm imagining this would be All something you're working on. All the time. So... Yeah, I mean, people just, you know, again, going back to the store, or in this this group that I was running, that, you know, people just brought up this piece of information. I just say, what is that based on? Where's the research? Where's the, inf- you know, how do you, why are you believing that? Right. You know, does it feel right blog, inside right? of you? Yeah. Does it feel right inside of you? You know, it, it's it's a tough one. It's I don't have any really great answers. I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a lactation consultant also. I don't know if you know what that is. I know what lactation is, and I know what a consultant is. Okay, you like yeah, well, like I help people with breastfeeding. Like that's I'm what I was yeah, certified I to do that. Right. Um, you know, and <laughs> sorry, I was going to ask a really bad question. Don't. There. No, I won't. Okay, good. I won't. I get where you're going with this. <laughs> okay, but what I want to say about it is that you know what I do in that situation where people come in with this piece of information about breastfeeding, and I go. Really? But you have, the, you have an education. I have an education, you know. Up, and, right? and so I do actually have, like, two websites that I refer them to. Okay, so I you know have some source get, codes that you'll send people to. I know they're going to, to get right? good information. Parenting, um, there's, there's a lot of different websites out there. A lot of them are, are really quite good. And I actually refer people a lot to a book, if you can imagine, a book. What's that? Like a, a paper and, a paper yeah, and book. words book. A old paper school. and words book. They, they, were, and yeah, yeah. they were invented when you were born, Mike. Yeah, old yeah, school really. book. I got <laughs> old you. school book. Imagine that. Yeah. yeah they work. And um, I'm just going to mention it because... Yeah, please do. It's called How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. It's been around probably since the 60s. It's one of the best parenting books Can ever you get written. That, do you guys have books at your store? Like, is that I don't, but no. uh, um, what's the name has it? Otter, Otter has it. Otter would have that. Yeah. Sorry, the title again, How to Talk? How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. And this all opens up communication It opens lines. up communication, and, it, and it, it's, it gives you permission to, to not jump in, but actually to really find ways of, of getting, what's, getting what's in the child out. Getting the information. Yeah, 
That's and, important. And if they know that you're really listening to and you're not saying, oh, that's ridiculous, or, you know, it, it teaches you how to respond in a way that encourages the child to talk, and it gives you tools to talk to the child in a way that doesn't get their back up. And is it your understanding that even at a very young age they can tell if they're not being listened to? Like, what age does, do kids know when they're being told, hey, no, you're wrong? You're like, at two, three, four, they can already recognize that you're not an open I think communicator? They, I think babies can recognize Even it by age, your tone yeah. of voice, by your wow, facial okay. expression. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, they, they're very, very sensitive. They, they obviously don't get the words. Right. But they're so sensitive to, to your expression and your feeling and your tone of voice. There was some research done where um, they, had, they had people talk to babies with a really, like, deadpan face, Right. And they were saying... Like Christopher Walken? Kind of... <laughs> I don't know who that is. That actor. He, he can play a pretty serious okay. part. Yeah. Really serious. And yeah, it says, serious. I love you so much. You're so cute. You really make me very, very happy. And the kids got really upset. They knew they were... It wasn't sincere. It w- and it was yeah. just scary. Right. Like this... No, no affect. Like nothing coming at them. And then they had the same... You know, people come in and go, you're just the ugliest thing I ever saw. I just hate you. You're just so awful, but I hate you. But it's done with this big smile and shiny eyes, and the babies are happy. Wow, so they're picking up on They're all the picking vibes, up right? on everything. They're, they're like little up. lie detector they, tests. They really right. are. You want to know his lie and get the baby there yeah, and watch really, their face. Right, exactly. Uh, so I think um, you're really selling the whole idea of having a kid there, Mike. Well, no, this, yeah. I mean, this, it, my, my mind is just getting around this because this, this, I would have never had any understanding of this. It, mm-hmm. What I'm getting out of this is that basically from the day they're born on, they're very receptive they to are how they are being perceived by you and what your responses absolutely, are to absolutely. them. I mean, the, being you know, dismissive for the first three years isn't going to cut it. It's not going to cut it and and we know it's not gonna, i mean there is there is some child development research which is very very thorough and has been replicated where are over some of the places again. like where were some of the good ones that have done that well is it university type stuff is it medical some colleges it, a lot of it is university stuff from child right. development and i can't i can't pull any out of we can link some right on the right facebook page yeah. from, from your yeah, blogs but it's, yeah we can do that but it's uh, i mean we know what generally makes for happy healthy well-functioning human beings I have to say, nobody is a perfect parent. I mean, when I had my kids, I had already been teaching at the college level. I had my master's degree. I'd worked with tons and tons of kids and parents. And they're still going to drive you nuts. They still, they still drove me nuts. And I, and, and I still, I mean, I love to tell people that when my son was born, I was useless, absolutely useless. I had no idea what to do. I just had <laughs> Even all though this... you were teaching it, you were just... I did, and yeah. I, would, I went all over to like North Central BC talking about children and parents and babies, and I had so much book knowledge in my head and academic knowledge. And uh, I but was the practical stuff was, was lacking. I was yeah. paralyzed. Yeah. <laughs> partly, which is interesting, partly because I, there were like when I was teaching, there were four main theories of child development. Okay, and I was had all these theories running around in my head. Oh, should I do it this way or this way or this way? There's four, just four, right? Now there's like two thousand. Really? You know, so <laughs> and they're not even theories; they're just opinions. They're just yeah, baseless but, thoughts. Basis, yeah. So, but when I look at how difficult it was for me to figure out what to do. I, I mean, my heart really goes out to parents now because there's so much more coming at them. And these days, things are a lot more complicated and confusing than the world used to be even when I grew up in mm-hmm. the 80s. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's a screen in front of everybody's face. That's a whole other topic. Yeah, and like yeah. You, you see, I see you know, and, I, and I don't, I'm not criticizing, but I do see time and time again at like restaurants or coffee shops, there's a three-year-old at the table watching SpongeBob with headphones on. Because right. the parents are just like, nope, I'm not dealing with this tonight. Absolutely. Here's your SpongeBob, here's your burger. Yeah. Go away. It's, it's, it's and very, that's got to add a whole issue to communication because you're, Absolutely. you're almost detaching you're, you're them from, from totally your, banged your family. On. Right, because right. there's no real communication going on. Everybody's in their own separate little world. And you know what, what's interesting is that they find like as kids get more verbal, they actually articulate that they're really upset that their parents are on their phone so much. Really? Yeah. And then teenagers really get angry, even though teenagers are on their phones all the time. Yeah, they love them. But they get really upset if their parents are on their phone all the time because they really feel pushed out. And they are being pushed out. Well, essentially the phone's more important than the the child. And they can recognize that at a young age that their their parents' attention is at that screen, not me. You got it. Does that cause behavior (laughs) issues? They think, well, then I'll act out now to get some attention. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Well, what's your experience like after looking at your phone for like five minutes? How are you after you actually come up for air after... Deep, diving deep into Facebook. Oh, like a deer in the headlights, right? And usually I'm halfway across the street already walking and yeah, I've almost yeah. been run over and yeah. you know walked into a pole. Yeah, so I mean the idea of being totally checked out, I mean I get that. Uh, I'm sure all people who have Facebookitis do the same sort of thing. I can only imagine mm-hmm. what kind of um, condition or harm that that would actually do well, to we, a small child. Well, when we child. grew up, I have uh, uh, three siblings, so there's four of us. And my mm-hmm. mom was very um, 
adamant, okay, you guys can watch a bit of TV at night, but after it was like we couldn't come home and just crash mm-hmm. into the electronics. And so this is the 90s. We did have a computer, but it, it, other things had to be done, dinner, homework, mm-hmm. uh, you know, social, everything. And then there was a bit of time at the night. But it was never, we could not spend our time. No, you consuming. needed family time yeah. of some sort, even yeah. if it was 15, 20 even minutes. we were just like, fist fighting. At least we were at least you know, interacting, right? right? <laughs> It was real. <laughs> we were hanging out, right? How right. it went down. And exactly. So- it's an interesting, just uh, interesting point about that, that um, I was listening to something on CBC the other day, and they were talking about there's a, a school in Silicon Valley in California where all the really... They've really- banned the computers and the tablets and the phones. I heard yes. that. Yes. They will not allow any. Yes. That's where all the rich people are taking their... And it's the yeah. parents that work in Silicon Valley. That are doing Microsoft that. Right. and Facebook, yeah. all the executives Fascinating, are right? taking their kids Because there. they know... Well, Steve Jobs would not allow no. iPads in his house. No, no, exactly. They said these are poison. Yeah. Right? So these are the yeah. people designing this stuff to be addictive. I know. And they're keeping their... Yeah, I heard that exact yeah, same thing. I won't thing. even talk and about thought, the ethics of that. But Yeah, but I thought, you shysty, right? Like you said, <laughs> only the rich people can get their kids to places where there's no computers. I know. And, and they actually and learn from books. You mentioned before about the... What do you call the fear of missing out? Yeah, like, okay. I, the question I had was like, some kids have trouble going to bed. They, you know, they go yeah. and they want to keep I'm coming I'm going to just backtrack room. a bit yeah. if I can interrupt yeah. you. That's what people are calling this the the, um, the addiction to Facebook and to social media. Okay. Is this like a really serious fear of missing out? Like if you're not looking at your if phone. you're not looking if you're not lo- looking at your Facebook if you're not ha- you know ha- listening to every tweet that comes through. Yeah. Every, right. I've got e- friends who are like that who are so addicted to their uh, their Twitter account that mm-hmm. they have to read all the tweets when they get up in the morning. Yeah. Throughout the day, catch up. Uh, read it again just before bed, and in the morning have to catch up. I mean, they must spend hours a day just sort of catching up on all the information that they must have, you know, that they're afraid of missing, right? Right. And what does it do for them? Nothing. Probably not. So, what do you think this transcends then into young children? See, so you have children that are having trouble sleeping, or they constantly want to be part of where the families. You can't get them to go to bed. They won't stay in bed. Do you think that has something to do with this technology age? Is that more prevalent now? No. No. Okay. So that's a separate thing altogether. <laughs> Yeah. What would you do with some situations like it's, this? It's again, it's very complicated. It depends how old the child is. It depends what time of the year it is. You know, I, I have a friend who lived in Inuvik for for quite a few years, and she said nobody ever went to sleep in the summer because it was light, and they had all this great opportunity to just be active and out there. They're just so, looking you know, out the window, saying, "I'm missing out on yeah, right. a nice night." Like, on a nice night, you know. And then if they're, you know, if depend, again, depends on their age. It depends on the, what the nighttime ritual is. Um, is routine know, a big deal? Routine's a really big deal. Okay, so like if you have a two, three, four, five year old, um, like you're saying, dinner, same time, and then evening activity, same time, and bedtime, absolutely the same time, seven days a week. Yeah, is that? Not, not, I won't say it exactly. So I think just having a pattern right. is important. You okay. know, I mean, if it's beautiful out, like go outside in the summer, you know, even if, right. I mean, that's my personal view. No, no, hey, your, your personal view is welcome. You know, you, I think it's, it's such a wonderful up. time for a family to be outside when, when it's light late. Right. You know, and uh, some people feel like, well, it depends on the child. Some child, some children have to go to bed at the same time every day, be, or they they get really, you know, out of whack. They go whack. But again, yeah. it depends on your child. It depends on their age. It depends on the time of year. You know, if they're if the child's two, like they're in that age of just you know really wanting to. St- do what they want to do, and right. they're totally irrational. A two-year-old does not have the ability to say, oh, geez, I should be in bed 10 minutes no, ago. No, no, not at like, all. Oh, I'm going to come yeah. out here and hang out, and yeah. that's how it's going to be. And then be. there's this thing called separation anxiety, yeah. where for some even developmentally different times of a child's life, they start getting very anxious about being by themselves. Like put in their bedroom kind of thing. They want to be with mom and dad. Yeah, it just gets actually really scary for them and, and upsetting. And that's a developmental thing, and it comes and goes over time. It, you know, is there some in, easy help with that? Like, oh, leave the door open? Is there some pointers? Yeah, or stay work? with them for a little bit longer. You know, help them go to sleep, read a few more books, rub their back, you know, do things to make sure that they know that you're there. To let them know they're, they're supported yeah, and they're and not just saying, good night, go away. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a big fan of actually spending time with your kids when you when you when when they go to sleep because when they're older, that's when you'll find out what's going on in their life. How do you mean? That it's a very, it's a lovely kind of intimate, quiet time when a child's going to sleep and there's nothing to distract you, which is you and your child. Like conversation-wise? Conversation-wise, and you can talk, you know, and that it, that a lot of kids will talk about a lot of stuff that they, you know, they come home from school, how's school? Great. Or lousy. Or yeah. what did you do? Nothing. Yeah. Schoolwork. Yeah, yeah, right. What do you Boom. think? Yeah. yeah. But then there's something about that nighttime quiet and just that peacefulness that, and again, if you read yeah. that book, How to Talk to Kids <laughs> This is all in the book. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just l- learning how to talk to your kids so that they will. And then you could just get this outpour 
of all the things that happen during the day. It's like, wow. All because they have zero distractions and now exactly. it's, just, it's one-on-one, exactly. it's intimate, and they yeah. just feel they can connect. Yeah, and I think if you can do that to some degree with each child you know, that yeah. you have, it's... I think it really builds relationship and builds safety. And you've seen that obviously in your work. You can you can tell different types of parenting mm-hmm. and what the effects are. Yeah, especially you got a period of time and a background. You can, you can make a fair assessment. Yeah, yeah. And and you know I don't sit in judgment of parents ever, because really they really are doing the best that they can and the best that they're kind of emotionally capable of. Right. You know, and and if you but were, there's always ways you can help and offer suggestions absolutely. that are judgmental based and say, listen, these are some things that yeah, might. Yeah, be, absolutely. Be, and people are really hungry. I mean, I find, you know, parents I'm always are always hungry. Yeah. <laughs> hungry for good information. Oh, information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah food too. Food's yeah, important, sure. right? <laughs> well, it makes sense. No parent wants to be, like you can tell when your child's in distress and mm-hmm. you don't, whether you're in a constant battle with them, yeah. you know that that's not the equilibrium, right? So, Mike, you've got friends with uh, a youngster. And I, you've I've got actually, lots of friends with you, kids, yeah. You've told me that you've uh, taken um, uh, their kid, um, I think he's a two-year-old kid, out swimming in that Yeah, sort we of go stuff. swimming on Tuesdays, yeah. And uh, how do you find, like, what's your experience with the parents uh, compared to with the kids? Do you find the parents kind of struggling to make ends meet or to... Uh, no, he, the, the little guy I hang out with, uh, he's a friend of my son, and he, he and his partner, um, they're, they're very involved. And so when I get him, he's really happy to see me, but he's, he's not starved. Like it's, yeah, that's, he's got a good setup. Mm-hmm. Like he's well loved. He's well supported. He's got to spend time with mom all day. Dad comes home from work. He's always busy and interactive. And so when he comes with me, he comes running across the yeah, park and on. we go play in the pool, right? You know, I get to hang out away from mom, go for pizza. It's never been an issue, but he comes from a really structured, um, fully supported environment. And do you see that with uh, the majority of your friends or? Uh, yeah. The, the people I all know that, uh, that I have, that I know have kids all have, um, they're just in a situation where they're, they're able to spend a lot of time. They, they have decent jobs. And so that's not the setup. Like when I grew up in the inner city in Calgary, most of the people we knew, um, bigger families, um, mm-hmm. single families. And it was, it, you had to work a lot to live in Calgary in the eighties and nineties. You, you know, the parents worked mm-hmm. Monday to Friday and they usually two or three kids. And people come out great from those environments. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't one of them, but a lot of my neighbors did well. You know, like, guy down the street's a doctor. You know, he did good. Yeah. No, of course we did. And, and our parents did the best they could, and they mm-hmm. did a good job. And it, it's um, times have changed, though. Yeah. They don't, they didn't, like, my mom didn't have this, you know, here's just cell phones and Facebook. No. They, mm-hmm. You know, and so it, it we had to toughen up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, living in the inner city, if you wanted to go skateboarding yeah. on a Saturday night, like, at 10 or 12 years old, you know, you had to be fairly as clever and, and know what was going on, and there wasn't mm-hmm. the safety nets that are in. Right, right. What do you think of that? Do you think things are too safe for kids growing up now, I or think is there no a, such thing? No, I think there's a safety obsession. Yep, uh, that's I, what I was getting at, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know that I taught two-year-old preschool for a long time, which I loved. Mm-hmm. I loved two-year-olds. And we had them actually, we had this wonderful little game that was had teeny tiny little nails and little wooden hammers, and they hammered into cork. right. I mean, I would be thrown in jail if I did that. Yeah, they can't even play tag at no, schools anymore because no. it's like yeah. violent assault. Yeah. yeah, and we played with little yeah. pegs, and we we had them help with snack with real paring knives. Yeah. And you just can't do that anymore. And I I think it's it's a doing a real disservice. I think so too. That's to the kids. I'm glad to hear that from yeah. you because I, I I thought my opinion is just an opinion. No, I think we it's, had to grow it's up unfortunate. Tough. You know, we banged and bounced and got beat up, and yeah. ch- it just that was life, and that's how you learned how to be. And human. I was one of those kids who always had the broken arms and the cut up. Yeah, and but that's that's how you know. Those are the, yeah. this is the world is not an easy place. No, it's and not this easy. idea of overcoddling. Yeah. You're setting, in my opinion, again, which is some weirdo on a blog. It seems like you're almost setting kids up to fail if you overprotect them. Well, because I think when they you, get out in the real world, where's the protection? Yeah, absolutely. Right? I, th- yeah. I think you need to allow children to take risks. Bang their heads, fall over. I mean, that's yeah. what kids do. Or they take fall emotional over. risks yeah. and take because that's how that is how you learn. And I think the big thing is if they're taking the risks and they get hurt, they know that you're there no. to support them. But at least they're taking. The at least risks. they're taking the risks. Yeah. What so do you think? The, sort of, yeah. Do you think that the, the, the generation coming up in this safe space environment that we're in right now is going to be in for trouble? I think there's so many factors influencing this generation, and and. That it's you know tough. they're coddled and they're not coddled because they go online and they see this horrific stuff that's going on in the world. I think they're yeah. You can find anything online. I don't yeah. think they're really protected in that sense. I yeah. think I think the world in some ways is way scarier than it used to be. Right. I mean, I grew up during the age where we were. You're from the Bronx, and for you to say Bronx, that, right, that's pretty. Right. But know, I think it is scary yeah. because it's so wide open and and kids are exposed to you can go so online much. Online, watch stuff. an ISIS video at ten years old if you know where exactly. to look. Yeah, exactly. You're on the deep you know, web. So I don't I don't know what the future is. I think. Again, I think that if kids have a really, really solid base 
um, in their family. And, and it can be a single mom with six kids. I mean, single base is, is from the heart. Yeah, yeah. Right? My mom did a great job. Like, the yeah. single parents can do it. It's, absolutely, it takes the work. Absolutely. And it's, it, you know, uh, it's definitely And, and all the research on kids who grow up in difficult situations, like they say what, what turns it, it makes it possible for those kids to ter- turn out well is to have at least one adult who really loves them. Yeah. And it can be a parent, it can be a teacher, it can be a neighbor, it can be whatever, but somebody who really takes an interest in them right. can turn that child's life around and they come out fine. Hmm. Oh, we're in our last few minutes. This is, I mean, I could go on and listen to this all night. This is just such... <laughs> well, just, I know there's so many people that would be listening that this would be of help to. Yeah, I'm just fascinated listening to what you're talking about, Judy. I mean, it's, uh, it's interesting to hear your perspectives on parenting and... Uh, I know for myself, I chose not to have children, to, mm-hmm. to be in relationship with and have kids. Uh, and I've had people, um, you know, sort of look down on me for that mm-hmm. uh, because I'm not doing my part for society or whatever kind of lame-ass reason they can think of. And yet, um, I have all the respect in the world for people who actually choose to do that uh, because, you know... like It's not an easy undertaking. And it's no, not an easy undertaking. But, but, I, but yeah. I, get the, I get the significance, you know, mm-hmm. being raised, uh, you know, you, you had a single parent yeah, uh, upbringing. I had... Out. Uh, dad with a lunch bucket under his arm and five little bambinos running around. Mm-hmm. You know, like I get what it takes in order to be mm-hmm. in right his family. Good fellas over at your house, eh? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Complete with the wine and the cheese. <laughs> Once in a while, a guy's got to take a beating, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it wasn't that bad, but still, so, I, you know, I appreciate what it takes to actually be a parent mm-hmm. uh, in society and the importance of that. I love being an uncle of sorts to kids mm-hmm. uh, and teasing them and, and having fun with them. Uh, but it's it's encouraging to hear you talk about how. Uh, the normal things that uh, that I experienced as a kid, um, you know, walking to the park or doing things on my own, uh, are actually good things for developing mm-hmm. for danger, kids. Danger had rewards. Like mm-hmm. it taught us things in life, like being at risk. Um, there's, uh, you look back at some of the things you lived through as a kid, and you go, "Wow!" If you look at the way things are now, you just yeah. people would be in jail. Yeah. Right. And that was just growing up as a kid. You mm-hmm. took, you fell out of trees. You know, you got bullied. You you did you know, just that's how you grew up, and that's how you learned to, to survive. One in a of tough the best world. experiences I had as a kid is I, I was I was allowed to go. By, I lived near a big park, and I was allowed to go whenever. I just sort of said goodbye and went. And I was biking with my friend Nancy, and we were going down the steep hill, and she fell. Toughed it, yeah, really badly. And um, I think I was ten, maybe, and she was in excruciating pain. And it was like one of those moments where I went okay, I have to take care of this. Right. And there was a golf course, and I went running around the, the outside of the perimeter of the golf course looking for an adult, and I finally found one. And I said, I really need your help. I need you to come right now. My friend's really in trouble. And they came, and she had broken her collarbone, and it was a Ooh. big thing. But I, oh, that, 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 yeah. but that experience stuck with me. Like That was an opportunity for me to like raise out of being 10 no. and being really mature and take care of things. And I think those experiences are really important. They're invaluable. They're really invaluable. Because... You know, I, I watched a lot of teachings of this uh, professor from University of Toronto, Dr. Peterson, and he says, I'm not being cynical, but life is tough. You have to learn how to, like, mm-hmm. you can't be coddled. These safe spaces and this overprotectionism is setting people up for, the, the world's a tough place. It you is. can't just expect to be 20 years old, have no life skills, and be thrown into the No, mix. and life is very difficult, yeah. and that's a whole other yeah, yeah. A whole other topic about resilience. Can, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So what, um, do you have, I, we're almost out of time here, I really would love to, um, offer some do you have courses is there ways people can reach out to you for this kind of training and teaching do you offer i don't mind we can plug the search okay. this is your chance because this <laughs> what i'm actually moving into now is, is parent coaching right and um because i think you're a very valuable asset in this town thank like you. this would be a huge i mean i love use. this yeah. i love this I'm, I'm passionate i think it's the way the world's going to be a good place it's <laughs> making sense you know? to me you yeah. Know, I, yeah absolutely um so, how could people reach you What's the best way, Anthony? <laughs> uh, I'd say probably uh, connecting with you through your website, mm-hmm. judybamfield.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to post a link through our okay. Facebook yeah. on this because this is this is valuable stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I'm open to uh, working with small groups yep. also, which I actually really like. Yeah, yeah. Um, people learn a lot by talking to each other. Yeah, I mean, uh, Judy and I have talked about this before where she gets together with uh, uh, two or three moms and that sort of thing and how they just um, eat it up. You mm-hmm. know, they're, they're mm-hmm. uh, not in a bad way, but they're desperate, no. desperate for some kind of support or information. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's nobody really- wants to get it wrong. Nobody wants. To no. Get it and wrong. when you yeah. get in a group, my, my, uh, my sister who has a son, she's on in parenting groups and she mm-hmm. says, man, like that's just the support. And just even to tell the funny stories at night, oh, when yeah. you get there with the group after the crazy stuff that's gone on throughout yeah. the week and you get around the other moms that haven't got to socialize, mm-hmm. it makes, it makes a world of difference yeah. to her. Yeah. 
And, and it's that, pretty crazy making parenting. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> that, that, yeah. that hasn't changed in all the years that you've been dealing with it. No, it? it hasn't changed at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, it's uh, uh, judybanfield.com. That's where um, you put up your blog posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's tons of information there. Mm-hmm. And you don't mind if anyone listening to this can just reach out to you through that site and start to yeah, kind of chat yeah. with you, read just your blogs, or talk to, to me at the store. At Mountain Baby. And that's, yeah. what's the address? It's 636 Baker Street. 636 Baker Street. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome shop, right? Yeah. Right in the main drag, right a couple down the street from that one. What's it? Sidewinders? Down, you're just down from there, right? Sidewinders are right next to Valhalla Pier. Okay, yeah. cool. Judy, it has been a real pleasure. And I, and I really hope people reach out to you. And, and as you get more courses and stuff going, uh, please pass them to us. Because okay. You got this old school style that I think we could like, if we have more people teaching parents this, yeah. kids might be a little more well-rounded coming out of the third base here. <laughs> you know, like, we don't need safe spaces. We need yeah, to yeah, learn yeah, how to live yeah. in this world. Yeah. And uh, the other, the other takeaway that I'm getting is that, uh, you know, kids, children, infants, they really don't know what they're doing. No, they they're don't. not malicious and nasty. They're just, they're they don't, they're just not developed. They're, no, they're just, exactly. They're not out it's like you. a puppy, and I hate to, to make it that I, simple, but if a puppy pees on the carpet, it's not because it's like, hey, I hate you. Right. Check out what I did to your carpet. <laughs> it's like, I just, man, I don't know what right. that the was. puppy peed on the carpet. Oh, it looks like he did something. Everyone's right. upset, right? <laughs> oh, I'm in the doghouse again, literally. Uh, JudyBadfield.com is Judy's website, and Mountain Babies is a shop up on Baker Street. Judy, it has been awesome. And if you need some parenting advice, coaching, you want to get together in a group, reach out to her. Uh, I can assure you just from this hour that uh, you're in for some some very valuable life training. Yeah, absolutely. Know. And this has really been fun. Yeah. yeah you ask great questions. Hey, yeah, I'm a curious guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and when it gets to things like this that I know nothing about and there's somebody with this much knowledge and years of work, mm-hmm. it, it just sparks something in my brain and I want to know more. Well, right. I'm uh, Mike, you weren't even going to be here tonight, so I'm glad you showed up because I think I maybe got three words in for the whole hour. That's it, man. We weren't <laughs> even looking at him. <laughs> that's good. Oh, he's going to send me well, a nasty text later. No, no, that's fine. Yeah. I, I've got lots of words uh, with Judy <laughs> in the past. so Awesome. And we are going to end on uh, well, the ultimate kids entertainer, Judy picked this last song. What's uh, what's this one by Rafi? Yeah, it's called All I Really Need, and it's a beautiful song about what children need to thrive. Awesome. We're going to leave you with Rafi. It's judybanfield.com. Thank you for joining us, and everything will be up online at Stand and Deliver Radio on Facebook. Food in my belly, love in my family, all I really need is a song in my heart, love in my family. All I really need is a song in my heart Food in my belly and love in my family All I really need is a song in my heart Love in my family And I need the Give life to the seeds we sow, to give the food we need to grow. All I really need is a song in my heart and love in my family.
Love 